I'm Philip Blackburn, and welcome to Stress to the Nines. For the next two weeks, beginning October 25th and running through November 5th, we will spend time in the Book of Job, one of the oldest books in Scripture, and one full of questions that all of us have about our faith. Join us. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Stress to the Nines. It is Thursday, it is October the 28th, and we are continuing our brief two-week journey through the book of Job. Uh, we have jumped way ahead in Job. We have, are moving today to chapter 19. So we're skipping over a lot of the interplay between Job and his friends, uh, fairly complex conversations that go on. Uh, so we're going to move to verse 23 today of chapter 19. The reason we're doing this is because Job is going to diverge a little bit from his perspective uh, as he takes a moment away from questioning God and questioning why he is suffering in the manner that he is. And so let's listen to his words today. We're just going to take a very brief journey through 23 through 27 of chapter 19. Oh, that my words were written down. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and with lead they were engraved on a rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and that at last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, then in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Job, even in the midst of, of his suffering, is articulating his hope here. It's a moment of respite from what he is going through emotionally and spiritually and physically. In this moment, he's able to slow down and he casts a wish into the void that his words would be recorded forever, that his experience would be made permanent, which of course it has been. But one thing that's interesting, and this correlates to something else that I am working on, we're talking here at the church over the, these couple of weeks in Sunday school uh, and on the One Prez pod about how to read the Bible. And we just had a conversation about translation. And so uh, verse 26 is kind of interesting there. It says, And after my skin has been thus destroyed, then in my flesh I shall see God. Verse 26 is almost untranslatable. If you go and compare it in various versions of the Bible, you will find various translations which don't seem to mean the same thing. Uh, there is some thought that this gives uh, voice or rise to the Christian concept of resurrection, while on the, which is how it's translated here, by the way, in the NRSV. Other translations do not convey it thus. They just say that I will see God in my skin, in my flesh, eye to eye. Uh, it's more of a tangible understanding of things. Um, why don't we see it necessarily like a resurrection thing? This is the only part in Job, if it were translated thus, that would point to any kind of afterlife. As I mentioned yesterday, Job did not conceive of an afterlife. And here in his writings, in this passage, his words, we can see that his conception of the afterlife is more likely to be in his story itself. Oh, that it were written down and etched into stone. Oh, that it were in a book. So we can see a little bit in this passage the complications that we get into, especially with, when dealing with something as old as the book of Job and a language 
that's as obscure to many people as Hebrew is, especially ancient Hebrew. When we read through Job, we do so with the mindset that what we're not trying to do, I think, is to construct a clear and concise theological structure. We're not trying to put all of the pieces to Job together and make them fit within our own doctrines or our own lived experience. On the contrary, I think Job is much better read existentially, just as an expression of the range of emotions which are spiritual in nature as a human being suffers. As Job is suffering today, he takes that moment and he looks forward into the future towards the day that his Redeemer will come for him, when God will stand once more by his side as being opposed to him. Our understanding of hope as followers of Jesus helps to inform our suffering in the present. The difficult days which we undergo now are cast in the light not just of meaningless and pointlessness, but also in the light of the promises of resurrection, a promise that Job didn't fully experience or articulate, but one which we bring into our readings of the book. So Job is a journey, but it's more of an emotional journey, a spiritual journey, and you can see that here in this little outlier from chapter 19 where Job has a moment of hope in the midst of all his misery. So again, a little bit uplifting, but not terribly uplifting as we continue through Job. I'm afraid it's going to stay that way, but such is the nature of the book. Let us pray. Holy God, on this day, we pray that you would be with all those who suffer. We pray for those who are afflicted by illness, by crushing poverty, by oppression. We pray that in this day, they would have a moment of hope as Job did, a moment of promise in their hearts a quickening of their hearts and their minds and their spirits. We pray that as we are able, we would be able to be present and helpful to those who are suffering. Help us to be ever mindful of their needs and our role in making their lives better on your behalf. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Okay, gang, that concludes our Stress of the Nines for today. Tasha will be back tonight, and I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, peace. For listening to Stress to the Nines. For more content from First Presbyterian Church, check out the One Pres Pod. There you can find Sunday school classes, sermons, and worship services, as well as other special content like Ram Asks a Question. If you are enjoying this podcast, please review and rate it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Until next time, peace. <laughs>